Hi everyone, welcome back to Fast Charge. I'm your host Dom, and I'm joined this week by Toddy, Hannah, and Lewis. Uh, right, it's been the first like nice, relaxed, quiet week in the tech industry in as long as I can remember. This week has been okay. Um, there's a big, obvious elephant in the room reason for that, which is next week is Apple Week. Um, Apple has an event. Everyone kind of knew it was coming for a long time, but they've officially said next Tuesday, October 13th, it is an event day. I'm not sure they've officially said it's iPhone event day, but it's iPhone event day. Uh, so we are going to talk about that bit. We're going to talk about what we are expecting in terms of iPhones this year, and maybe briefly just whether there's going to be anything not iPhone-y at the event. The other thing that what we're going to lead with is actually a very, very different phone, the Realme 7, and it's a bigger sibling, the 7 Pro, which both launched in India last month, but they've come to the UK and parts of Europe this week. And I've been using, I've got it here, I've been using the Realme 7 for a week, and it's actually a very, very, very good budget phone, but not the best budget phone. We're going to break down why. And then finally, one of the weirdest, most unexpected news stories I've seen in a long time, word that Qualcomm, who make these Snapdragon processors, uh, they are, we're, we're expecting the Snapdragon 865, 875, sorry, at their event in December. But now word as of today is that they might be making their own phone to go with it. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> right, so we're going to start off with a nice, safe, easy thing, which is the Realme 7, because I've got one right here. I've been testing it for a week. Uh, my review is actually up on the site. And then also Aniron, who's busy right now covering the AMD Zen 3 launch, so he can't be here, but he's reviewed the 7 Pro. So we have reviews of both the 7 and the 7 Pro on the site. So go check them out if you're curious. Uh, Cliff Note version. These are both relatively budget phones. The 7 starts from £179 in the UK. And the 7 Pro starts from 279 um, So they're both pretty affordable. You may remember that the 6 series was not that long ago. The Remo 6 came out in the spring, so we're only about six months on. So it's kind of weird to have a full number up step. You know, it feels like it's been a very quick turnaround. That's kind of reflected in the way these phones are. These are kind of like alt versions of the Realme 6 and 6 Pro. They've tweaked things, they've upgraded some specs, they've downgraded others, they've kept other bits the same. This isn't a better phone than the 6 necessarily, like it's not an obvious step up, but what they have done is then slash the prices. So the Realme, 7, the Realme 6 started from 219, this one's 179, so it's a 40 quid price drop for a broadly similar device with just a few little tweaks that kind of change the balance of the specs. I think that was the the fundamental thing you were telling me when you finished the review done was the yeah like they they've kept that ninety hertz or that high refresh rate I should say, but dropped the price over the six and the six is already one of our most popular like budget phones in our chart of like best budget phones. Yeah, um, so yeah. That, that's why I went into this review very curious. So the I didn't review the six. Toddy, you looked at one of them, but it wasn't the I actual six. I looked at six. the six. I oh, yeah. Um, I think the Lewis. Did you look at the six? I looked, looked at Chris the, looked six the six Pro. Six Chris looked right, at the six. Okay. I think Chris is the six. <laughs> There's a lot Chris of them, yeah. here. Uh, we need to have words about Realme's name <laughs> oh, yeah. as well in this chat, I think. It's going to get very confusing. Anyway, uh, the 6 sat at the top of our budget phone chart on the site ever since we reviewed it. Basically, we reviewed it, it went straight to number one, and it sat there for six months. And we were like, that is the best phone, £290, you will not do any better. It was the cheapest way to get a high refresh rate display for a very long time. Uh, that all got shaken up two or three weeks ago when the Poco X3 came out. And that undercut the Realme 6 by £20. It's 199 
for Poco X3. It jumps up to 120 hertz. It's got a 64 megapixel camera that's actually very, very good. Um, and it's got a lot of other solid specs. And so suddenly the Poco X3 was the best budget phone. And then two weeks later, Realme comes out with a 7. And I, I reviewed the Poco X3 myself. I think we spoke about it on the show a little while ago. So I was very excited, actually. Weirdly excited for a budget phone review, which is, you know, not, not you normally a thrill to go into the flagships. This is the first time I was kind of like, oh, I'm curious to see, can the Realme 7, like, unseat the Poco X3 after just a week or two and, and get Realme's place back at the top? I don't think it quite does. But I think it's really, really close. And I think it's just a matter of your priorities, which is always true of any phone buying choice. But I think in the budget space, more than anything, that's true. Because people, each manufacturer with each phone kind of picks, well, this one's going to be you know, good. It's going to have strengths and, and definite strengths and definite weaknesses, right? That's what you're going to find in the budget space. Phones that are good at one or two things, but in order to be good at those, they have to be bad at some other things. Otherwise, they can't hit that price point. Uh, the Poco X3 is a specs monster. It's ridiculous. Its uh, performance from the chip is very, very, very strong. It's got the 120 hertz display, and the camera is really, really excellent. Um, the Realme 7 is less impressive on paper, but it's a bit smaller. It looks a lot nicer, to my taste at least. It's thinner, uh, and it's got much nicer software, I think. I, I would take Realme OS over MIUI any day of the week. I think it's also important to note, like, there's no, it's not a huge surprise that these are the two phones that are kind of hitting, or these are the two brands that are hitting this affordable price point. If you don't know, Poco is actually owned by Xiaomi, mm -hmm. and Realme is effectively owned by Oppo, which yeah. are, you know, two of the longest standing, I think, Chinese phone maker rivalries yeah. out there. Um, so this is just like, these brands are really just where the, the most fiercest battle is being fought right now, more so than even potentially the mid-range, which I think at the start of the year was really where it was Absolutely. It was hotting up. The, the budget um, battle has gotten a lot more intense recently. Especially as we get closer to Christmas, yeah, I think it's, yeah. So it's it's interesting that Oppo has managed to, sorry, um, Xiaomi's managed to sneak in the um, Poco X3 just ahead of the room it's, because I think if it had yeah. launched that would have been the seven by the sound someone, of it from what you were someone saying. Squealed, like, yeah. Someone squealed. Yeah. Someone said something. <laughs> the timing is very rough for Realme. Yeah. Uh, if, if I'd gone to the Realme 7 not knowing the Poco X3 existed I would have been singing its praises all day long. And I still am. I still think it's a really great phone. I think I still think a lot of people will prefer it to the Poco. I actually gave them the same score. I gave them both four and a half stars in my reviews. I just think overall I would personally take the Poco given the choice. But I don't think everyone would swing that way when weighing up the pros and cons. So, uh, quick question: What is the difference between the seven and the seven Pro then? Because when it was, was the six question. and the six Pro, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of difference. They're weird. It's a weird difference because it's not a clear cut. The Pro is not better in every respect. Yeah, is the funny thing. So um, the big thing is display. So the Realme Seven has a ninety hertz IPS LCD. So you've got the high refresh rate, but it's LCD. The 7 Pro has an OLED, um, which is great at 280 yeah, good, pounds. Yeah. I haven't That's seen really it, good. so I don't know how good an OLED it is, but mm -hmm. it is it is an OLED screen. The compromise is it's a 60 hertz OLED. Ah. So you're making the trade-off between would you rather mm. the refresh rate or the sort of quality and power improvements that you get from an OLED. That is, That's yeah, that's not, that's not clear-cut, is it? Yeah. Um, I also don't like the... I think we've talked about this before, the Pro in the title. Like, that's not... <laughs> Pro, you know what <laughs> it's I mean? not definitely like, pro. Yeah. But, um, other than that, the the seven is ever so slightly bigger, 
weirdly. Which is weird. But it's like a fraction of of a. It's like it is tiny. It's like one is six point five three inch display, and the other is six point five inch display, or something Whoa. like that. It, there's nothing in it. But if you put them side by side, technically the seven ends up being slightly bigger overall. Um, the seven also has a bigger battery. It's five thousand milliamp hour versus four and a half thousand in the Pro. But again, I haven't had both to test. In our battery mm-hmm. testing benchmarks, the Pro did a lot better. Oh. So I think, uh, and there's, so there's two factors. That one, I think the OLED display is uh, doing better because it's not having to, you know, uh, use as much power, power on pixels. powering all of the yep. pixels and everything. Um, the other thing is it's running a Snapdragon 720G, I want to say, whereas the um, Realme 7 runs a MediaTek Helio G95? 95, I think. Okay. It's the something. first phone to run the G95. The 6 ran a G90 or G90T. Um, anyway, so they're different processors. One's MediaTek and one's Qualcomm. Um, so I think the Pro has a smaller battery, but between the OLED and the Snapdragon has better power efficiency. I'm just looking at an Iron's review. The main takeaways are he really liked that screen, that OLED screen. Mm. Um, but yeah, of course, it's 60 hertz. Uh, the performance is apparently very, very good. So going for it, the Snapdragon over the, the MediaTek kind of definitely makes a difference It did there. benchmark a bit higher than, than the 7. Right, there we go. And the battery life, even though it was a smaller cell, was still good, like you said. And uh, I think they both, do they both have fast charging? Ah, uh, yes, it's also faster charging. So the, the Pro That's gets good. 65 watt. And the uh, that's amazing. Really good. Is 65 watt for that money is yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, given that OnePlus is only just bringing it into one of its flagship phones, it's finally getting 65 watt. The fact that Realme is coming in and putting it in a 280 pound phone, uh, the seven is 30 or 33 or something. It's in that space. I think it's 30. still great. <laughs> still, still very good. It's you know half an hour gets you 60 percent of the battery, kind of. That kind of still almost double an iPhone or a Pixel Five, exactly. <laughs> whatever. So yeah, I, I mean, mean I... if you look at the performance, it's up there with the the Nord and the Pixel Four A. It's kind of holding its line on the benchmarks and the specs. Uh, it is actually worth saying, yeah, that the Seven with this this MediaTek, like it's a new MediaTek chip. This is the first phone that has it. It's good. Like it is the the Seven Twenty does outperform it a little bit, but not by a lot. Um, and particularly on the graphics stuff, the gaming kind of kind of benchmarks, it really did perform well so you're getting a lot of power i feel like this is a, a good year for MediaTek. like they've got their 5g affordable 5g chips as well which are getting out there now and yeah. i haven't really been using many phones of late with MediaTek hardware in them like at their core but it seems to be that they're creeping in more and more i think they're trying to be more aggressive in 2020 yeah all I good mean, for competition really so yeah i'm all for it i was gonna say uh, when you mentioned about the design so i was just looking at it from like outwardly you wouldn't be able to tell that like it sits at the price point it does no. like, if you're just taking the first glance, it does look nice and then when you were saying about the poco design for those who've not seen it, it <laughs> it's, it's got good. like poco emblazed on the back like yeah. massive letters and then the big spaceship camera on the back it's it's very bold um, that so, is a like, nice way of putting it Hannah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no I, i'm being nice but yeah um, I, I wish i had the poco to hand it's sitting in the cupboard behind me that you can just sort of see at the corner on my screen uh but yeah the the, the realme is here what you can maybe make out is there's like a line that runs down it through the camera module and you get slightly different reflections on either side of that line so you get a little kind of shift in it uh which i'm a big fan of um, it reminds me of the a9 samsung galaxy a90 yeah. 5g which had that kind of like two-tone two effect not tone yeah you know what i mean yeah honor do that a lot yeah, right. and, and Realme's done it before, but this is just a slightly... They have something similar on the 6, but the 6 was a bit more garish. This is a little subtler. It's also available in a dark blue if you don't like the white. 
Um, and also, but it's just, it's still light. It's 196 grams, I think. So it's below 200 grams. It's not super light, but it is light. Um, 6.5 inch display. So it's still of a comfortable end. It's big, but it's okay. Size. Whereas again, the, the Poco is 6.67, I think. Um, and I, I don't think you get much benefit from that extra size, but it makes the whole Poco X3 feel big and heavy and bulky and thick. And, um, this feels like a much nicer phone to hold and to use. Um, and side-mounted fingerprint scanner, which actually works, which is my big grievance with the Poco. The side-mounted fingerprint scanner there was terrible. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I've really enjoyed using this phone for, for a very budget device. I've been very pleasantly surprised. What's the catch? Uh, the catch is the camera's a bit pants. It's not totally pants, but the main lens is a 48 megapixel. That is fine. It's decent in good lighting. It rapidly tails off as you move out of good lighting. Um, low light is quite poor, though the night mode isn't bad, actually. So if, if you're willing to use the night mode, you actually get okay results. But the low light through the main shooting mode is not good. Uh, That's interesting, because I've used the... Uh, oh, which one am I thinking? I think it was the Oppo A5 sits at a similar price mm. range. And the night mode on that was just, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that one not being good. Yeah, uh, yeah this one does better. Um, the portrait mode is not good. Um, it's, it does a very, very, even though there is a dedicated depth sensor, it does a very bad job of picking out the lines of what should be bokeh and what shouldn't be. There's an awful macro camera, but that's the same on every budget phone now. They just throw a macro lens in that you don't want. Uh, and there's an air eh, ultra wide. So the camera's not bad, bad, but it's definitely the weak point. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's like you say, with budget phones, is they are going to be, for the market that they're setting at, there is a compromise. And I think yeah. usually like, it's rare to find a budget phone that people would be like, I'm buying this phone because it's got a great camera. Like, because mm. it's usually yeah. like, I feel like budget phones, it's more like practicality. Like, it yeah. needs to have a big battery or needs to, exactly. yeah, fast charging, whatever. Like, yeah, that sort of things. And this is, you know, it's fairly powerful. It's got a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, which it, weirdly it benchmarked quite badly for battery, but in actual usage, I was getting two days easy. So mm. it is actually in practice good battery life. Um, the camera is fine if you just want to do point and shoot, basic holiday snaps, take a photo of your lunch for Instagram. It will do the job. It's just not going to take anything award winning. Um, and yeah, it'll charge fastly. It'll run for a while. It'll run all the stuff where you want. The other minor downside is I don't love Realme OS. I kind of talked about that as being one of the reasons I prefer it to the Xiaomi because I really don't like MIUI. I like Realme OS more, but I still don't love it. So again, I'd say that's maybe one of the reasons you might look at a Nokia or a Motorola, where you're getting that cleaner Google software, but you're never going to get anywhere near the same specs for the price with either of those companies. Not even close. No. Um, though, so like specs, the one other like thing I want to say is, uh, the amazing headline thing is it's only £179. Do not buy the £179 one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because the £179 model comes with 4 gigs of RAM. And the then there's a 199 model which comes with six gigs of RAM. And it's still cheaper than the six. Yeah, the... exactly. And I think six gigs of RAM is enough, especially for a budget phone. I think four gig of RAM, you are going to notice slow down. The one I've been, they sent me the top specs. So that's eight gig of RAM and double the storage. So I've had this nice experience with the most powerful version. I really worry the four gig of RAM one is going to feel slow. Mm -hmm. And I think 20 quid to avoid that fear is worth mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I think I'd go with that. I agree. So in the chat, Alex uh, prefers OLED over 90 hertz uh, in terms of the display tech, which mm. I think is quite interesting because I think I'd go with the 90 hertz refresh rate. What about you guys? What do we think in, in general? Are we I, OLED yeah. or are we high refresh rate? 
I'm on the fence. I was actually thinking about this even before this phone came up because I think Android Authority maybe ran a poll to their readers of what people, this exact question, would you take the refresh rate or the OLED? And overwhelmingly people said OLED, which oh. surprised me. I would have expected most people to go for the, the refresh rate. Mm-hmm. I was initially like I'd take the refresh rate and now I'm, I keep umming and ahhing about it and actually thinking I've gone back to an OLED phone yeah. And now I'm like, oh, the OLED is nice. It is, isn't it? <laughs> so I actually think I might go OLED. I had the same kind of conundrum in my head when I was reviewing the both the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra and the Xperia 1 Mark II. Because the mm-hmm. 1 Mark II has, you get, the, the choice there is actually 4K OLED versus high refresh rate OLED. So it's a slightly different yeah. battle. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think there's plenty of people who would take the lower refresh rate just to enjoy a better visual experience and if i had to sacrifice yeah the oled kind of blacks for yeah. lcd just to get smoother scrolling yeah i think i'd go oled again also yeah i'd join you on that as well i'm a i'm a there sucker for design and all that and it's just like yeah yeah sorry lewis <laughs> it must be the gamer in me it's like i just need a high refresh rate i need the smooth refresh rates and that's definitely gonna be part of it right it depends who you're doing it for if you mm-hmm. are playing a lot of like games on your phone then the refresh rate has a benefit yeah. Um, like there's a yeah. practical edge you are getting from that that an OLED isn't giving you. But if you mainly just want to look at either watch video content or photos, you know, scrolling through Instagram, whatever, like that's the main visual thing I actually get from my phone basically is photography Same. and, and mm-hmm. Instagram. Yeah. So I'm going to get more out of that from an OLED than the high mm. refresh rate doesn't bring me anything there. It just makes like scrolling through like Twitter smoother. <laughs> which is, you that's know, not necessarily what I which I think is important. <laughs> Uh, but yeah and the battery life savings sometimes exactly I think that is good and that's easy to forget and it was one of those things that really struck me seeing the difference between the 7 and the 7 Pro was was realising oh there maybe is some sort of big difference there Um, I like that you can get a decent phone decent-ish phone for £179 or buy you know or 10 of those equates to one Galaxy Fold 2 (laughs) I just enjoy that maths. Like that's good phone maths. Is you can have the Galaxy Volto or ten, Realme Seven. Yeah. What would you do with ten phones? I don't know, but you could. I mean, maybe make some sort of three sixty camera rig. I don't know. Yeah. Robot wars. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, it's very true. It's true. It's been true for a long time. But uh, this is a nice reminder that I used to say you shouldn't spend more than five hundred pounds on a phone. Or like most people shouldn't, at least. And I feel in a way like that number's creeping lower and lower. And mm. I think. Like this, the, this Realme Seven or the Poco X Three, I don't know that they're phones you would fall in love with, but I think eighty, ninety percent of people out there would be perfectly happy using one of these phones and spending two hundred quid on it, and wouldn't always uh, get that much. You get just diminishing returns afterwards, basically. Mm. Yeah, because I'm seeing a lot of what I've seen a lot of people do sometimes is like get an they get an older iPhone or something like that, or you know they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, like this is. A, you know, a lot cheaper than the newest one, but it's like, yeah, but you could get a brand new phone mm. that, you know, is maybe not as well known, but would have a lot of better features and stuff like yeah. that. And so, yeah. For sure. Speaking of iPhones, I guess <laughs> yeah. you should probably nice do segue. that. <laughs> time to move on. Uh, yeah. So it is finally iPhone o'clock. Uh, they were usually, obviously this is late. Normally we get iPhones in September, mm-hmm. but uh, 2020 struck again. So, 
Um, I like that we all gone home for the day and then they were like, hey, here's the invite to our event next week. Well, like, the, yeah. the invite came out and it was like five something in the afternoon. And I just I saw it came through and I, I was sitting there with my flat and I was like, oh, the Apple events come out and everyone else has stopped working for the day. <laughs> I think I signed off about four minutes before. It was less than that. Yeah. It was because I saw because normally like for people who don't know, Lewis does most of our Apple coverage on the site. So I was like, ah, oh, this is something for Lewis. And I just like as I saw it, I then just saw you post a message saying, that's me done for the day. Bye, everyone. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do this. They know, they know. (laughs) So yeah, next Tuesday, October the 13th is an Apple event. This is almost certainly the iPhone 12 um, or iPhone 12s, multiple, plural. We are. (laughs) I'd love it if they did. Uh, We are expecting as many as four iPhones, maybe. Apple's gone crazy. Yep. Uh, no watches or tablets because we've already had those last month at least um, but there may be some other bits there may be headphones there may be air tags mm-hmm. which I still only half understand Ooh. what they are mysterious uh, <laughs> and who knows what else um, the, I've even seen rumours about a HomePod 2 or a HomePod Mini and stuff like that flowing around this week glasses? Um, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's yeah. my oh the glasses thing, yeah, yeah that could be glasses uh, someone's glasses. making out that the artwork for the uh, the invite, which has got these kind of concentric orange bubbles, mm-hmm. is also alluding to the air tags as well. Yeah. Yes, I've seen that. That, that, that does make sense. sense. Yeah. That does make sense, though, because yeah, because the uh, John Prosser shared some renders yeah. based on something that he'd seen in real life, which are apparently the air tags, and it is the exact same dimensions as that central circle in the invite. Yeah, really. So yeah, that's that's what makes people think that they're going to launch them here. And also because they've been mentioned throughout iOS 14's beta code um, that was first oh, discovered sure, back yeah. in June. So, yeah, you know, it's an iOS 14 thing. You might as well so, wait for the new iPhones and knock them out together at the same time. What is an AirTag? An AirTag. like me. Right. Uh, so, are you familiar with Tile? This, yes. will, this will kind of dictate uh, how we go here. So yeah, so it's, it's basically Tile. Um, for those that don't know, it's kind of a cheapish accessory that you stick on your wallet or on your keys or something like that, and then you can find them if you lose them. Uh, mm. So the primary way to do it is if you're in Bluetooth range, um, you'll be able to connect to the Tile thing, um, and then it will make a sound and tell you roughly where it is. Um, and then they've also got this secondary thing where, because it doesn't have built-in GPS because that would obviously use up a lot of battery life uh, and it would make it a lot more expensive. And then you don't really put something that expensive in case you do lose it and you can't find it. You know, you don't want to be mm. 300 pound out of pocket. So um, the way they've got around this is kind of like community Bluetooth sharing. So every Tile user um, has a Tile app on their phone. And then they'll if, if they're in range of any Tile, it will ping it. And then mm-hmm. that will kind of ping that to your phone. So it will give you a rough location of where it is whenever someone with a tile goes by. Um, and that's generally the idea behind tile. Uh, obviously, the big limitation is that um, you have to have the app installed on your phone. And obviously, there's compared to the overall uh, percentage of people that have a phone, the people mm-hmm. that have a tile is relatively small. So you could lose something far away and then no one could walk by the tile app for six months. Like, you know, yeah. And there's nothing you can do until that point. Uh, where Apple's are apparently going to be different is that they're going to be able to communicate with all iPhones. So Fine. any iPhone that's nearby an AirTag, whether it's connected to that phone or not, it will be able to be like, okay, that's there. Tell the person that that's there. And it'll send the location to to uh, you via the Find My app on your iPhone. And it'll also bleep as, as soon as you go out of range as well, just to be like, hey, you, you know, you're leaving this right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, nice. You know, it does seem really cool. Uh, it's going to use ultra-wide band tech. Uh, 
don't know a lot about that, so I'm not even going to try and attempt it. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, you know, aside from that, it does look more premium than the tile because the tile's yeah. kind of plasticky, you know, cheap looking thing. There is a tile but, pro that is look a, a bit nicer. But and for the most part, this is a thing you tuck like it's a thing you put inside the pocket of your wallet. Yeah, and or never see again. Like yeah. zip it yeah. up in a hidden pocket of your suitcase. Like, yeah, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't put it like on display. Yeah, just take uh, this it is off, the thing. Yeah, because <laughs> the whole also, point is that they need to be cheap, so you can't exactly. put them too, too. You know, you can't leave them too expensive when tiles are like thirty quid. This is what I was going to say. Part of the beauty of the tile is that you can grab a few of them for all the things you care about in your life. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to make any assumptions about the air tags. But this is Apple. Like, there's no way in hell Apple's AirTag is going to be the same price as a tile. Also, I'm I'm calling it now it's going to have an integrated battery. Older tiles used to do this, and you had to send them back to tile or just throw them away, which is really bad in the environment, and then order new ones. See, I've got... The newer tiles have replaceable batteries. Apple definitely won't put a replaceable battery in. No, see, I've got a slightly different theory, is that based... I mean, this is based on absolutely nothing apart from my, my own speculation. But I think it might use the Apple Watch charger. Because they're shaped, it's sense. got a round bottom, just like the yeah. bottom of an Apple Watch. So if it has the same magnetic snap to kind of thing as an Apple Watch, then mm-hmm. boom. And then all you've got to do is, is give them an Apple Watch charger in the case, uh, in, in the box. And to go. That would be good. Mm. That would make sense. All right, we've gotten, we've gotten too distracted by AirTags. Yes. Uh, yes. I want to talk iPhones. iPhones. So what, there may be four of them, Lewis, which, what are we looking at? Yeah. So we're looking at, uh, you've got the standard iPhone 12. Uh, which will be, you know, the iPhone 11, the next one up. Uh, and then you've also got the iPhone 12 Pro, and then you've got the iPhone 12 Pro Max. That's all very standard. We had that last year. But what's new is the iPhone 12 Mini. So this is a new 5.4-inch uh, iPhone. Um, although, you know, everyone's been talking about this for the last few weeks, but just this week, there's a new rumor that says that uh, there no might not be an iPhone yeah. Mini. So who knows? It could or be. That it, it might come be. separately. My yeah. my feeling is we will see it, but not not next week. Yeah. But although then conflicting reports also suggest that it will be the 12 mini and the 12 that are available first, and then it's the pro models that aren't going to come until later. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? But the idea is yes, yeah, so you're going to have a small uh, 5.4 inch. Then you're going to have oh, this is where we're going to get into the numbers, isn't it? I think it's like a six point one inch for the iPhone. That would make sense. Yeah, that's yes. what, sound yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you got the, and um, I think it's a roughly around the same for the uh, twelve Pro, and then you got the six point seven inch display on the twelve Pro Max. Cool. So are we going with the twelve and the twelve Pro with the same size screen or similar size screens? Yeah. Previously, I think the eleven was bigger than. Yeah, the eleven's bigger than 11 the eleven Pro. Pro. Yeah. Which still confuses me a little bit. Yeah. And the way that lineup is made. I mean, maybe this is the year that Apple fixes it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but so, interestingly, is is that um, up until now the, the the pro range has been basically identical um, in terms of features and all that stuff, apart from obviously the display size. But the rumors now suggest that this year it could be a little bit different. But by that you mean the pro and the pro max? Yeah, the two the two the, the two models of year. pro are the yeah. same. Yeah. Um, How different are we talking? Like processors so, or cameras or not processors? But it could possibly be the ever elusive 120 hertz refresh rate mm. that might be exclusive to the 12 pro max because the rumors mm. right initially there uh, there was rumors that said yeah the whole range is going to get 120 hertz and everyone's like great we want that um but then as the months went on uh, i think there were rumors that suggested apple didn't like the negative effect on battery life so they're going to hold it back for another year while they kind of tweak the performance and, you know, nail that battery life element because they worked so long, uh, so hard over the past few years on the battery life element of iPhones. They don't want to take three steps back just to make it look a little bit smoother. 
Well, that's it. I mean, it was so bad for so long. And the 11 yeah. series was when they finally fixed the yeah. battery life and put out something that was kind of on a par with what Android phones were delivering. And well, it just immediately yeah, my... just tanks again. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. But I mean, my so so I've been using the, the 11 Pro Max. That's been my, my phone for the you know for the past year. Yeah. Uh, the battery is amazing. It will it'll get me through a day without any issue. And so this is why they think that the 120 hertz refresh rate might come to the 12 Pro Max. It's because it does have that larger battery and the better battery life so that it has some it. to waste, essentially. Yeah, so it can afford to take a hit and it will still you know, last all day. Apple's also shot themselves in the foot here because um, people like us who don't spend ages obsessing over battery specs and things like that may, may, may not realize this, but the way Apple describes battery life every year <laughs> is just in relation to the last generation. So yeah. it says about the same as the last iPhone or one hour more than the last mm -hmm. generation. And they cannot go on stage and say, battery life, two hours less than the iPhone 11. <laughs> no, yeah. That's not going to sell it. I mean, they'll find a way. They'll be like, it's two hours longer on phone calls with the display off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the other big thing, I suppose, apart from the displays and, and the slight variations between the 12, uh, the two Pro models, and obviously the 12 mini is that it's going to look different, which is nice. Um, mm. We haven't really had much of a big change since the iPhone 10. Uh, that was obviously a very welcome design change because up until that point, they'd all kind of had the home button and then the iPhone 10 came along, got rid of the home button. Hello, notch. Hello, face ID. Great. Yeah. And then obviously since then, we've had uh, the kind of the frosted back on the iPhone 11 uh, and obviously the, the green color options and stuff like that. But it's mm -hmm. still broadly the same phone. Yeah. Uh, Apple's going to change that this year. Great. And it's basically taken inspiration from the, iPhone, uh, from the iPad Pro range with the angular design of that. And also the iPhone 5, which is, you know, my favorite design of iPhone ever, I think. So mm, it's kind of yeah. very angular around the edges. Um, Even the 4 was. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, yeah. actually. Yeah. So that's yeah. the big thing is that, yeah, they, they're basically going back to a more yeah. angular design, which is basically the exact opposite of every other phone in the market at the moment. I don't Has know, I been... think there's a bit of a move that way, because we're seeing curved screens disappear mm, and go back to flat displays a little <laughs> bit more often. Um, I've seen a couple phones that have gone a little more boxy. Um, I think there might be a little bit of an appeal to a boxy design. Yeah, yeah no, the totally. Xperia is a good example of that, actually. Yeah, that's probably yeah one actually, of the yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Flagships I've used of late. And I think they're um, easier to hold as well, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but they can, they're easy, but then if you're holding for a long time, you get sort of the edges pressing into mm -hmm. your, um, you know, the kind of curvature around where you grip the phone yeah. is, is important. And that's that is um, what one leak said about the, the 12 Pro Max. It's the same leak where they came from with this 120 mm. hertz uh, refresh rate. Uh, it's apparently a guy had a hand, had hands on with it, had a little play of it, and it was fine. But the one issue was that the corner started digging into his palm as he was yeah. kind of holding this giant phone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a problem. We have had one question from uh, Alex, actually, just looping back since you mentioned 120 hertz. So he asked how bad oh, yeah. 120 hertz is on battery life. Um, I mean, you can assume, like, if you if you've got a 60 hertz display and then a 120 hertz display, it's going to be half as it's going to be half the battery life. <laughs> as a, just a rough estimate. Obviously, it's not going to be like that because they're going to optimize it and stuff like that. But it's also, I mean, the display isn't the only thing using power, but it no. is worth it. Like the display is probably the big power drain. Oh yeah, generally, mm -hmm. so especially at high brightness as well. Or, yeah, almost yeah. doubling the 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 display power consumption will have a big impact. Mm -hmm. I think just in terms of numbers, what I've generally seen is you lose an hour or two a day from turning yeah. on high refresh rate options. 
which yeah. could be the difference between a day's worth yeah. of use or yeah. not. So for some it's fans, also... it's fine. Because a lot, a lot, uh, I find most flagships these days tend to be like an hour and a half, uh, sorry, a day and a half of usage. Yeah. So actually, if I'm going to charge it every day anyway, then losing an hour or two off that doesn't make a difference either way. But A lot of phones also have that auto thing, don't they, where it can be like, it turns it on. Mm-hmm. Oh, like dynamic. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, is, yeah. So that is what they have on the iPad it. Pro range. So I would assume yeah. that would be the same on the iPhone as well. It's not yes. always 120 hertz. On the That's also a good point. Almost all of them do it dynamically, so you're not getting that drain all the time. Yeah. It's a reason why I'd say screen on time is a good metric for real world use. It's yeah. like if you if you need to quantify real world use, which is really hard to do because obviously everyone's use usage mm-hmm. is different. Yeah, but that is a really good indicator. I think. Exactly. Yeah. So it's you're probably looking at a loss of an hour or two a day, depending yeah. on the phone. That may mean nothing, or it might be a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Lewis, in terms of pulling stuff from the the iPad line, yes. or iPad Pro line specifically, have we got lidar happening on this? Yes, this is uh, gonna. Well, this is rumored to be one of the. Well, this and is why? The, they they suggested <laughs> it might actually be specific to the twelve Pro Max, but I don't believe that. That seems like a bit of a weird one to have specific to the large. Is the twelve iPhone. Pro Max just the new iPad Mini? They're just not calling it the iPad. Yeah, Mini. essentially, it's just their their, their <laughs> weird product. No, um, so yeah, lidar. Uh, it made uh, its introduction on the iPad Pro range earlier this year. And it basically offers massive improvements for AR performance. Um, so obviously AR has been a big push for Apple over the last few years. It is mm-hmm. probably, you know, the place to go if you're really interested in AR at the moment. I can't really think of anywhere with a bigger library of AR stuff that's readily available. No. It's really good news for the five AR fans out there. Um, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. All five of them. I mean, I just it was I... a big enough deal. So yeah, I mean, I I think that they're being smart. Uh, you know, I think they're being smart with it. They're they're laying the groundwork for for AR now, so that when their Apple glasses do come out, they've got all this catalog of AR content that's ready for the glasses, essentially. So I think they're playing the long game with it, getting their ecosystem up, and then they're going to swoop in with these really cool glasses that no one else can really compete on because they haven't got the content. And Google um, glasses were such a huge hit. So it makes huge. sense that Apple would go big on that market because yeah. we've seen it take off before. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm really down on AR. So I think it's just, just like... hate the AR, God. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so LiDAR basically just improves the accuracy. It'll make things stay in the room a little bit better. Um, and that's basically the idea for the iPhone as well. Um, it'll just improve the AR stuff, the measure app, which I have actually found myself using a little bit more on the <laughs> iPad Pro now that I know it's more accurate. Um, is yeah, more accurate. It's still slightly out by about a centimeter when I tested it, but still, centimeters, not bad. <laughs> Depending yeah, on what you measure. It's enough to make it useless for many <laughs> important tasks. You might need to measure something. <laughs> I can't think of many things I'd be measuring where being a centimeter out would be enough. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. doesn't make a difference. Uh, maybe it's just me and my building technique then. I'm like, yeah, that'll work. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to hopefully come to the iPhones as well. And there is a rumor that's saying that basically Apple is using all this data that, it's, that the LiDAR sensors are collecting, obviously all anonymized. Um, mm. It's just purely measurement data and, and placement data to improve the software on the Apple glasses so that when it comes out that they've right, got yeah. great positional tracking and stuff like that. I mean, I think I think you're right that they're using AR. They're playing a long game here, and they're investing in it to have have the hardware now, so they build up an ecosystem. And mm-hmm. when AR is a thing, and if they can make it a thing, Apple will be the place. Yeah. For AR. Yeah. Um, I don't. I still think that's a bit iffy, but I want know, them. They're in the position to make it work, I guess. Um, I mean, they want to make a teaser. Uh, you know, well, this is what John Prosser suggested a few mm. months ago in this leak, where this big Apple glass leak. He said he saw, uh, he'd seen a video of a prototype, and he did this big kind of expose on what yeah. can we can expect. And he did say that Apple were toying with the idea of of teasing them as a one more thing 
at the iPhone yeah. 12 event. So we could possibly see them tease next week. Um, but there's, uh, but everyone's kind of saying, you know, we're at least a year away from seeing these kind of in yeah. the real world. So we, we might see a concept, <clears throat> a slick trailer yeah. showing off how they might work, but we, yeah. I don't think we'd see any sort of final hardware. No. I think after AirPower, they're going to be wary about showing anything off too early, right? Exactly. They got burned so bad with that. I don't know. I feel like Apple has a really bad habit of going like, here's, here's what was it, ping? Do you remember the iTunes social network? Oh my no. Yes, what? I remember exactly. this. Oh that wow. That was on stage. Yep. Oh. Yeah. And in the U2 album fiasco. The U2 album fiasco, forgot about that. Um one one little thing just to clarify on the iPhones. We are expecting 5G across the range, right? Yes, we are. That is now yeah. pretty uh, much set. The rumors We'd suggest, be very yeah. surprised if there wasn't 5G in everyone. I mean the tagline for iPhone. the event next week is high speed. Yeah. So that if, if that's not 5G, I'm going to be so, really disappointed. Raise yourself for H-I. the newspaper headlines that <laughs> Apple has invented 5G. Uh, <laughs> no, and the first 5G phone is finally here. Conspiracy theorists are going to come back out. <laughs> it doesn't come across when you say it, but the high speed in this context is high, comma, yes. H-I yes. speed. Because yeah. they're Hello, really speed. like, yep. Yeah. We're welcoming speed in because no one else has so far. Oh, maybe they're going to do the opening. You know, they always do a little slick, silly trailer thing at the beginning. Maybe they're going to yeah. get Keanu and uh, Sandra Bullock to do a, uh, you know, bus set uh, <laughs> high-speed entrance. Into, oh, in... Please, no. <laughs> that would be Please so do. Good. I, I love I'm Keanu and Sandra I want, I want a silly speed reference at the beginning of this thing now. After the Mission <laughs> yeah. Impossible one last year, which was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the final thing, I think there's one more thing we all have a reasonable chance of seeing, which mm-hmm. is headphones. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. and the, A, there have been leaks about headphones forever, but yep. B, uh, this week, basically Apple stopped selling other people's headphones, whereas it yeah. had been for a while. Yeah. And it feels a bit knowing that it said, oh, yeah, we don't want to sell uh, Bose headphones anymore, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I mean, so, so basically uh, the rumor is that the AirPods Studio are finally going to make an appearance, mm-hmm. um, possibly at this event. Although there is one rumor that suggests that they've that been pushed ages. back to November. Yeah, I saw yeah. something saying they're not even going to be like consumer, like they're still building them, and they're going to yeah. be building them for the next two weeks. Yeah. They're not going to so, have a final batch. So we know. don't know. Uh, so I'm going to put this in a maybe pile. Um, mm. But there have been leaks. Uh, there have been short videos that have appeared online of showing these 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 high end cans. Um, Obviously, very quick ones, uh, kind of you know, a few seconds here and there. But so, what you're getting is a roughly three hundred and fifty dollar pair of headphones. Uh, so that's a hundred pounds, a hundred dollars more than the AirPods Pro, mm-hmm. which is currently the high end AirPods. Um, and they're basically the Beat Studio in kind of, in terms of of where they sit. But uh, Apple's looking to phase out the Beats branding, replace it with the AirPods. And then with that, they're bringing in the kind of the AirPods aesthetic, the clean design, you know, no markings, no logos and nothing like mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> but and for also, over-ear headphones. Yeah, for mm-hmm. the over-ear headphones. Um, and then bringing the kind of the level of smarts available in the AirPods, which, you know, which do make them stand out uh, mm. in the crowd, uh, bringing those to the over-ears as well. Um, I do find it odd only because I really think AirPods is a very strong brand mm-hmm. for small true wireless earphones. Yeah, it doesn't feel like I don't know. I, I have such an associate, you know, AirPods just mean those little tiny pod, the little yeah. tiny pod. Yeah, it feels weird capsules. for me to think an AirPods that the, the, like all all Apple headphones becoming AirPods feels odd. I mean, and then it, uh, I think they want them to reference kind of just wireless in general rather than yeah. being in so air. So because it's like the iPod, isn't it? It's iPod like mm-hmm. the pod part is is a long standing part of Apple's kind of um, branding. 
Um, I'm curious about the marketing in terms of how professional they're going to go with these. Like the mm-hmm. name studio implies that they might put this as a studio monitor grade kind of like equivalent. Mm. That's that's my thinking with the branding there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like they have shots of someone like mastering in uh, not garage band. What's their their more professional music production Logic. software? Logic, yeah. yeah. Someone yeah. mastering logic using oh. the studio headphones. Well, yeah, using or like a, Someone's in yeah. Final Cut Pro, like, oh, yeah, let's yeah, cut, yeah. Let's cut yeah. this movie together. But they'll push it as these are the ones that professionals use in the studios. Mm-hmm. Professionals will completely yeah. ignore this and buy headphones that cost six times as much because yeah. that's what you actually use when you're in a studio. I really yeah. hope but it Mark makes Robinson people is there. feel. Exactly. But then <laughs> yeah. people yeah. who would drop 300 quid on headphones will think, oh, these are the pro ones. These are yeah. amazing. Yeah. These are like yeah. studio quality. Well, um, I really want. Mark Ronson to come and listen to Valerie. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, that that's a really different branding as well to Beats, which had a very like yeah. Yeah. Uh, youthful and um, yeah. It, it does feel <laughs> funny to if they're trying to drop Beats when they bought it not that long ago, and obviously I know they obviously partly bought manufacturing infrastructure and mm-hmm. engineering and all yeah. that stuff, but also it felt like the brand was the big thing they were buying, no, it was, and now yeah. they're just ready yeah. to kill the brand. Of... Well, it, it used to be everywhere, like, do you not remember, like, 2000s music mm. videos? Oh, it would yeah. just be like, look at me yeah. with my Beats headphones and, like, my Beats I mean, helmet and everything. I went crazy for Beats like... at one point as well, I had to have a pair of yeah. Beats. Yeah. Everyone handing them out to, like, the Olympians at the 2012 Olympics, yeah. one of them. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, to me, it doesn't make sense. I think it's a really strong brand, but then also Apple has a thing about unifying all yep. its things, so this mm-hmm. is just part of that, I suppose. I guess yeah. we'll find out. Yeah, um, I think that's probably enough Apple because we're inevitably going to be talking right. about it again next week on right. the show once we actually know all this stuff. Uh, and also, I think we are going to try a new thing for the channel. In theory, this may not happen, so don't hold me to it. Yeah. But I think <laughs> next Tuesday during the event, Toddy and I are going to be doing some live commentary mm-hmm. of the event making Lewis and Hannah and everyone else do the actual work of writing it up. Yeah. We're just going to faff about on camera and chat. Just, yeah, expect anecdotes like, huh, and whoa, and mm. Mm. You'll just get the live version expect- of all the really snarky stuff we're posting in Slack normally while we're watching these. <laughs> yeah, this, we this, don't this share might actually pub. be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. As uh, long as we get talk about the horrible jokes that are inevitably going to be made, then you know. <laughs> I mean, and like I said, I'm already. I've, I've set my. I've set like my, my flag down. I want a speed the film based intro to this event, and if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be downbeat the whole rest of the time, and I'm going to be really <laughs> negative about. I think whatever we need like an Apple event bingo. Yeah, <laughs> like one more thing. Oh, that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So keep an eye out for that. We'll obviously let you guys know on the channel if that does happen, but it should do. Fingers crossed. Uh, right, and finally, this will maybe be a little shorter section, but uh, let's talk Qualcomm. So, Snapdragon 875 is probably coming this December. I say probably because the new Snapdragon will be, but it's probably called the 875. We don't know that officially, but it would be kind of unexpected if it wasn't. Um, we don't have a lot to say about the chip yet. There's been very little in the way of leaks, I think. Obviously, it's going to be faster. Uh, the GPU will be better. Qualcomm will talk a lot about how the AI performance is far better because they're leaning a lot into the AI performance of their chips now and they'll emphasize that that's a big step up and almost certainly, and it'll be embarrassing if it doesn't, it should have an integrated 5G modem, um, unlike the A65, which has requires 5G, but the modem is actually a separate component, um, whereas the, A, the 765 has an integrated 5 modem. Ugh. The A75 should also have an integrated mode, which means it will all be one bit. The uh, OEMs will like that. It makes it easier to fit the thing into a phone. It should improve power consumption, things like that. 
But all this is speculation on my part. We don't know for sure. Uh, they have an event at the beginning of every December. It is normally in sunny Hawaii. This year, it is on Zoom. Um, <laughs> in sunny Hawaii, if you happen to already be in Hawaii, uh, I am not. So I think I'll be Zooming from grey, cold London. Um, are they still Zooming the from Hawaii? I hope, I hope not. That would be cruel. That would be so evil. Sat there on the beach. Yeah, on the beach. <laughs> I think I have bad enough with that the invite they sent out is an animation of oh, the Hawaiian beach. Evil. And it's like, don't uh, remind everyone don't what you're in. taking them away from. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we are having an event. There will almost certainly be the 875. I will also I will also expect to see a 775. And I think, going by how well the 765 series has done for them, I think they're actually going to put as much emphasis on the 765... 775, God. As the 875. <laughs> These numbers. Numbers. Uh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna talk big about the mid-range one, because actually, I think in many ways, that's been a bigger success than the flagship this year for them. And it's been such a big... It's been the first time the Qualcomm 7 series has felt important in the industry, yeah, totally. rather than just the also-ran and the, ah, oh, this one runs a cheaper 7 series chip. It's like the 765, that's got clout to it for the first time. Um, I just found this reminiscing about 2018 when I was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Memories. Memories. You big show off. They, they, uh, they, yeah. they, 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 I'm getting. They asked for my address, so I'm worried they're going to send me like a Hawaiian shirt and a, and a flower necklace or something in the oh, post. Okay. You could get like this live stream in the Apple. We yeah, you could get a it. Zoom background. You could get a mm-hmm. Zoom beach background. It's exactly the same, right? Basically, basically, it's not the same, yeah. Basically. Basically. <laughs> it's not the same at all. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the more exciting news this week is that it looks like Qualcomm might be doing what is absolutely a first for them, which is making consumer-facing hardware. Because, rumor has it, they are actually looking to partner with Asus to make a phone that runs the 875 that will be in some way Qualcomm or Snapdragon branded, um, which is really, really interesting. Because we know the brand. Uh, people who follow the phone industry, obviously anyone watching this probably will know Qualcomm, will know Snapdragon, you care about that stuff. Uh, the average person doesn't at all, so it won't carry any clout to most people. Um, that maybe explains why the talk is that it's going to be a gaming phone, um, kind of hitting that really high-spec place where the people buying it probably do know this stuff. Um, and I guess what they're trying to get is that idea that maybe... Because it's straight from Qualcomm. Like Qualcomm will know best how to optimize the performance. You know, it's their it's their silicon. They're going to eke the most out of this chip, and it will the Qualcomm one will run faster than the Nokia one or or the or, or the OnePlus or, or the Samsung, even if they're all with the same chip. Whether that's true or not, uh, I'm not sure. But I guess that's what they're hoping to sort of carry. I mean, that's across. that's Apple's whole thing, isn't it? Is that they control mm. the hardware and the software, and they can get more out of their hardware than than yeah. You know, you'd expect. Apple's a great example of that working, that synergy working between yeah. hardware and software beautifully. Google has a few <laughs> pretty terrible entrants. I would put forward the likes of the Google Pixel C tablet um, as, yeah, for some reason, despite them making the hardware and the software, it just didn't work mm. well at all. Um, You've got, I've just said, because it's Asus with them as well. So you were saying, yeah. like, bra- branding wise, this is a bit odd, isn't it? Because it's like... Is it going to be like a Qualcomm phone with like made by Asus or is it going to be an Asus phone with like Qualcomm inside? Like, wh- I and, think and what does this mean for the ROG is... phone as well? Or the ROG so, phone? So the pitch from what I've seen, what the, the, basically we're going off of a leak from English called Digitime as the publication. Um, the, what we've seen is that it's a big partnership with Asus. 
it's leaning on the ROG fund stuff. And that the right. idea is they've made a deal that basically says they're going to essentially collaborate on both. So I think from a branding perspective, that means this will be branded Qualcomm and the, the ROG will be branded Asus. Um, okay. But that they are basically going to collaborate together on both funds. So I would actually probably expect them in many ways to be quite similar um, bits of hardware and probably a lot of the same innovations in each. But it's right down to like manufacturing commitments. The report claims that there's a commitment that they're going to build a million of the but but 500,000 ROG phones and 500,000 Qualcomm phones. Oh. So it's a kind of split like they are like kind of down the middle and saying right you have to build half a million of these and you also get to build half a million of your thing and they're each getting this half split of how of the manufacturing pipeline and everything. I mean are there still a million people that want a gaming phone? I, I actually reckon have, you could hit a million. Yeah, I reckon they manage that. Yeah. I don't know what numbers the ROG phones hit but cuz I feel I like at this point you would have already bought a gaming phone if you wanted a gaming phone. But and, you know, you they're so the powerful. One, if you had the first-gen ROG phone and you hadn't maybe quite been tempted by the three, mm. then whatever, yeah. the, the four coming next year, like that's probably about the time you're going to be like ready for an upgrade. And some people on the two will be ready to jump to the four um, or the Qualcomm equivalent. I just, I, yeah. I, I never fell in love with any gaming phone, I don't think. Anyway, they're all no. fun, um, yeah. but I don't think that... You know, they, they, you focus so much on, on the performance and, you know, the display that everything else gets neglected. You never have great cameras. Um, you know, the UI is a, a bit naff most of the time. There's not a lot in, in that kind of area. Well, I liked that Asus now give you the option of switching. Oh, that's really? Nice. So yeah. they, the, after the, the first ROG phone had this ROG UI and then not everyone liked it. So from the two onwards, the two and the three have both given you the choice of using the ROG UI or Zen UI. Oh, nice. So you that can just good. switch every, all the software side pretty much completely to a standard Asus phone, and that's anyway. Which actually is one of the better Android skins, I think. Zen, yeah, Zen UI yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better. It used to yeah. be terrible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it used to be awful. They worked um, on it really hard, so yeah. But I think it's it's like we were saying earlier with the budget phones. It's a priorities thing, right? I don't love gaming phones, but I'm well aware I'm not the target market. I'm not in that no. demographic. I yeah, barely no. I game a lot, but not on my phone. I wouldn't use my phone. For gaming at all, really beyond like a little bit of mini metro or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, this isn't me. I don't need a phone that's like overclocked because I, I just, you know, the, the most strenuous thing I put my phone through day to day is again doom scrolling Twitter for three hours straight. Yeah. Um, so that on twenty hertz refresh rate is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the thing that would make or break is what is especially Qualcomm's intention here, because I don't think it's to become a big player in the phone market. No. Partly because they're going for the gaming segment, which, as I think, Hannah, you said before we even start recording, is super niche. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the recognition that you mentioned, Dom. I know that in the past, Qualcomm has had kind of like visions of grandeur of trying to get like the Qualcomm name to the point where like like Intel was with Intel mm-hmm. inside and like the Pentium branding. In the US, they did a huge push off a while back with Snapdragon specifically, and they had this little kind of animated dragon that was this whole mascot thing and, and then it kind of it's faded away now so i'm curious to see whether it's a market thing i could totally see the asus the, the rog phone 4 let's say it's it's called doing better in in eastern markets because mm-hmm. it's obviously a taiwanese company they've got a lot of loyalty there the gaming market in china is huge for mobile gaming um at qualcomm being an american company maybe the US is the right market for a Qualcomm branded smartphone <laughs> more than any other. It's really hard to say. Uh, so we've actually just had a question through from from Alex on yep. the chat asking based on that line. He says, do you think Qualcomm and Asus would target different markets like US and Asia? 
and there we go. I think There's yeah, it's very possible. Uh, that either that because it and actually this lines up a bit to what we've seen, which is the ROG Phone Three didn't come to the UK. Yeah. Um, I think it went to the US, but I don't think mm-hmm. it had a big push in the US. And they really, after going global in a big way with the two, that clearly didn't work because for the three they just went back to no, we're focusing on Asia. Yeah. Um, so clearly that is where they had their success with the with the ROG three. So that actually would make a lot of sense if they're thinking they can leverage Qualcomm as an American brand, especially in the current political climate, being able to say this is an American phone um, uh, might like get them somewhere, at least in the States. And it's an interesting point you made about Intel, um, the comparison, because it's one of those things for better or worse, and probably for consumers it is better, but like, you know, you buy a laptop, it's got an Intel sticker on. You'd often you used to at least have to go through Intel logos when you boot your PC up and stuff like that. You'd always know, even if somebody doesn't know this stuff, you'd know Intel because you can't have a computer without being faced with, this is an Intel computer. You don't even have to know what it means. You're just bombarded with, it's Pentium. I mean, um, do you all know the Pentium, like... Qualcomm doesn't have that yet. Exactly, because there's been, never been that with an Android phone. You never go through a Snapdragon logo when you turn your phone on. There's no Snapdragon sticker on the back of your phone. Even on the boxes, a lot of the time, there's nothing to tell you there's a, there's a Snapdragon yeah. processor in except the fine print of the specs. So the average phone buyer will never, ever, ever come across the, the name Qualcomm or, or Snapdragon. I wonder if they're playing a really long game here, like just in in terms of like, you know, making their, um, like if they get the brand name big enough, they're going to be able to make stuff exclusive, like their own, you know, with the way that they work with brands. Like it's like, you know, because like if people want the chipset, it's like, well, you know, actually you're going to have to buy our phones. Like I know that's really extreme, but like, do you know what I mean? Like that sort of, like, I guess kind of what Google does with Android now, like Pixel phones getting stuff first, that sort of thing. Mm. I, I wonder about the the effect this partnership will have on other gaming phone makers. Yeah. Because pretty much all of them right now use Qualcomm chips, mm. uh, even though, and they're all also weirdly pretty much all made by Chinese phone makers, mm. if I'm thinking about it. Like from Black Shark to yeah. you know the the Legion, the Nova Legion. Now that Razer's gone, they're, they're pretty much all Chinese. Yeah. yeah. Taiwanese. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm yeah I'm curious as to how the other manufacturers will treat this if it's yeah. like a kind of like turning their back. It's on a funny them. one <laughs> making themselves a competitor to their own clients. Yeah. And I think it's telling that they've started by doing it as a partnership with another company, which maybe softens that a bit and means at least Asus won't be pissed off. Yeah. But it's not... you do have to wonder <laughs> how how Xiaomi's you know who, who do Black Shark and people like that will will see this and whether they see it as Qualcomm muscling in and yeah like you said whether they start to look and, and as you mentioned earlier MediaTek is growing and there's, they still don't have anything at that high end that I think people take seriously it, it, rather, like in, as a rival to the Snapdragon at the top mm. end of the market yeah. but maybe maybe that's going to start going that way. It could also be basically them trying to diversify because they see that their market dominance might be a threat because MediaTek's coming up um, as much as we moan about Samsung and Exynos everything points to the fact that Samsung is going to ditch Snapdragon before it ditches Exynos. What's more likely than everyone getting Snapdragon is everyone getting Exynos. And Samsung wants to do Apple. They want to make it all themselves Mm -hmm. if they can. Um, So I think it's very plausible Samsung will just ditch uh, Snapdragon at some point. And suddenly, you know, they, they, they don't have Apple, they don't have Samsung, they don't have Huawei. 
And so you suddenly start, you know, if they if they if they worry that they're losing some of their big chunk of the market and MediaTek's coming up and taking some of the rest of it, maybe they want to make sure they're getting money in somewhere else. Maybe. It's good theory. <laughs> We will find out. Um, that, I think, is us for this week. I'm amazed we managed to stretch 55 minutes out of the slowest Ooh. news we've had in a while. It was yeah, AirTags, man. <laughs> yeah, AirTags. No, AirTags like carried us over the line. <laughs> uh, actually, actually just, we had a little point from Alex right at the end, which is a nice one, because I, I thought this same thing earlier, and I forgot to say it, which is actually that it might be like the Nexus line with Google, where they might work with a different OEM every year and move the partnership around. So there's an Asus Snapdragon phone now, and maybe next year they partner with Xiaomi, and next year with someone else. Um, I'd like to see a Razer phone again. I like the Razer yeah. phones. Yeah. So it'd be nice if they came back because of Qualcomm. That would be cool. Yeah, if they if that, that like was enough to make it worth it for Razer again. Mm. Um, that would be interesting to see if that's the way it goes. I would enjoy that rather than it just being an Asus thing every year. It'd be nice mm-hmm. to have that switching things up every year, a little thing that you don't know quite what you're going to get and the variation every time. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Um, that is us for now. So you will hopefully see Toddy and me back on Tuesday night for the Apple event. Uh, and then beyond that, we'll be back here with more Fast Judge next week where we will obviously talk about Apple and iPhone all over again once we actually know what there is to talk about. We will also by then have the OnePlus 8T because that launches next Wednesday. Um, maybe with some new Nord phones or something. There might be several Ooh. OnePluses or at least other devices. We're, we're not sure what to expect there. And as a Vivo, the Vivo V20 launches in India next week too. So that, that could be in the mix. We'll see what else comes out. Fun. Uh, cool. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks. See you later, guys. Bye.